Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Jokic behind his back. What a taste like, Jokic. your sitter. Wow. As long as there are fans on this is that's all I care about. So the Warrior fans come in here, the Celtic fans come in here, Laker fans come in here. I take that L on the way out. Welcome to the Pickaxe Podcast. It is Zach Mikosh and Gordon Gross. We are with DenverStiffs.com and we are here to open now week two. Of the Denver Nuggets regular season is here. We had a, I mean, all things considered, pretty good week for for week one. Nuggets go two and zero. Oh, no one gets hurt. Uh, maybe a couple bumps in the road that we'll talk about, uh, but otherwise, uh, a good week. We'll ca- recap that, and then we'll look forward to four games on the docket this week. So it's going to be a busy one. We got a lot to get through. Um, I don't want to waste too much time. We'll waste a little bit though. Gordon, how was your weekend, sir? I waste a lot of time. I don't know why you're here, but I am <laughs> definitely here to waste some time. So don't you worry about it. That's how the show works, right? You got to have one guy who like keeps it moving and then the other one just gets to sit there and waste all the, all the rest that of the is, time. That is how this works. I am the bloviator. So exactly. The one who gives two shits about the uh, rundown and, and the time that we got to get through it. That is correct. That is Mr. Yeah. Gross. Yeah, Ryan's always telling me to, you know, we only want these things to be so long, and I'm like, uh, that's nice. I, I care not at all. So, <laughs> you know, the good what we found a good way to keep it brief is uh, when we recorded the Denver Stiff Show, uh, everybody was over at Brooklyn's getting a beer, so we were like, all right, we gotta, you know, let's move through this. Let's, there let's you get go. This content See, and then... yeah, we're all about the reward system here at Denver Stiffs. Then get to the drinking hour. You know, I got the uh, the media discount over there at Brooklyn's, and somehow my my two beers still cost me twelve fifty. And I was like, ah, that's Denver. why. Yep, <laughs> that's why we do this in our houses. This is, that's right. That's why. That's why I do not drink in Denver. It's. I think I can get like in Fort Collins. I think I can get like a, a beer for uh, like a old Aggie, which for people who don't who aren't familiar, that's like uh, New Belgium's. I guess would be their their synonymous with Budweiser. Yeah. It's kind of um, and they make it. You know, it's called Old Aggie because of CSU and whatnot. But um, I can get those for like three bucks, and that's still like that's still like a beer that uses actually uses all barley. Isn't isn't using a bunch of rice uh, and other adjuncts like the um, like like the Budweisers of the world. Well, that's so, why we're going out for whiskey at some point, right? Like that's our oh. whole plan. Oh, don't give me that whiskey. Let me tell you, that whiskey was expensive. Uh, so uh, that whiskey's was, expensive. I don't know story. what to tell you. Anyway, that was, why are yeah. you wasting two and a half minutes of the show on the alcohol right. like issues between Denver this, and Fort Collins? That's what all of our people have tuned in for. So I guess they're going to get what they get. That's it. This is like you know we're we're uh, we're here to break down the Nuggets, uh, what happened, what's going to happen, and also the drinking scene around it's, look, it's the different body. towns it's in fun. Colorado. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. People should check out that whiskey room up there in Fort Collins. Some good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Uh, Nuggets go two and zero. Gordon, it was not maybe maybe not the way you would have pictured uh, them going two and zero. We'll start there in that Portland game. Nikola Jokic fouls doesn't he gets three fouls within the first four minutes. I am um, like I was doing something, so I didn't even like catch the first couple minutes. And I was like, wait, Jokic is already out. What's going on? Um, 
And then I found out he got three fouls in four minutes. How does that? I mean, do you think this is something that we're going to see be an issue? It's always kind of been an issue with Jokic, but is that is is the book basically out on him now? Like, hey, you might be able to get him to commit some fouls, and that's pretty much the only chance you have at stopping him. So get this guy, do whatever you have to do to get the calls against him. What is this, the Shaq rules now or whatever? Come on. Right. Like, sort of. With the sort reverse, of. you're trying to get foul, him to foul. Not You're not fouling him. Right. Um, honestly, with Jokic, I don't know that it was a matter of them trying to get him to foul so much as it was the officials wanting to blow the whistle every time a breath of air passed by their ears. Like, have you whistled to start this week? I uh, noticed that. The number, and again, I understand that we're in the the points of emphasis, you know, part of the season, as right. the refs try to figure out how to call games again because they forgot over the summer. But right. wow, yeah, wow. it's been rough. Um, whistles everywhere, terrible calls. Like no one came to watch you. Please swallow the whistle and stop blowing it long enough for people to take two consecutive shots. <laughs> Isn't it kind of though? Did we we brought at least the traveling thing because that's we've seen that be a big kind of point of emphasis. This whole uh, you know, especially when you're starting your dribble, it'll that last happens. weeks and then it'll go away again. Don't we? Aren't we? Aren't we to blame as the fans for that though? Because we complain so much about yep. James Harden traveling that, that, like, that you're, you, now they've overcorrected. It. <laughs> right, right, yeah. It's um, but I mean, as Jokic he comes back, man. To talk about a uh, you know. Uh, a display of dominance. Sky doesn't even play basically the first half at all. Still ends up with 20 points, 13 rebounds, including what he had, 16 and 8, I think, um, in the, in in the, the fourth. fourth quarter alone. Yeah. It, I mean, is this – are we seeing it right now? This is basically – he is he is full-on 100% a, a star in this league, all-NBA uh, type of MVP candidate. Because sometimes people like – they seem like they have a hard time getting there still with him. Well, of course they do because he doesn't look like LeBron James. Right. Like it he doesn't. He doesn't look like Jordan. Like it's very hard to be like the fat slow white guy is one of the 10 greatest players in the NBA, but he is. And it was hilarious to me listening to people talk about uh, uh Damian Lillard was praising Hassan Whiteside for his great defense on um Nikola Jokic. Um, right. And I was like uh, <laughs> he, he was on the bench. Yeah, way right. to defend the bench. <laughs> right. You know, yeah, he, uh, he did a good job on Mason Plumley. Yeah, but it, seriously. Uh, and then, you know, Jokic got a triple-double in the next game um, right. without really playing well or breaking a sweat. Yeah, I didn't I didn't necessarily notice him being like all that dominant against the Suns. He had I mean, he had some great uh, passes in there, particularly the one in overtime where he hits Gary Harris in the corner. He would have had uh, even more for the first, you know, any of the six quarters that he was playing, really. Yeah, no, I mean, he, um, well, yeah, exactly. I was to say he hasn't got, had much support uh, in the way of um, shooting from his, particularly from his guards. I mean, Jamal Murray's been, Jamal Murray was okay this week, but, you know, I mean, Gary Harris struggled. Will Barton was, was okay, not not anything spectacular. Monty Morris has really struggled off the bench. Don't you talk um, about Monty Morris, he'll hear you. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I'll get retweeted. Um, that's all right. I'm cool with it. Uh, Malik Beasley's been okay. He's been he's been pretty strong. Well, I guess yeah, yeah, but after the after the bonehead foul, man, nobody's been yeah. okay. Like yeah, Jamal had rough. a stupid foul. Malik had a stupid foul. Um, Barton played um really energetic um defense. Really, like Barton right. had his had his arms in everywhere um on defense, just deflecting passes and getting blocks and. So uh, guys are coming out a little rusty. Gary Harris had probably the roughest week of all the guards, honestly, in my opinion. Like. Just had trouble with the shooting. 
being in the right spot. Like, I don't know. Uh, I honestly, my personal opinion on it is that when you spend all summer practicing and training without Nikola Jokic, going back to a center-driven offense as a guard has to be rough. Yeah. Like, it's not yeah, that yeah. for Jeremy Grant. He doesn't care where the interior pass is coming from. His job is to stand outside, you know, spread the floor. If the man. pass comes to him, you shoot it. Like, After I don't playing care. with Paul George or Russell Westbrook, Jeremy Grant should just be happy to get him passed to at all. I guess. That's exactly. He's like the ball. He's used to my this. Way? What is this? Right. right. He's like, man, like I'm I'm used to just basically if if I do get the pass, yeah, take the shot because, you know, back then they only got he only got a couple passes every game. So um But I, I Jeremy, loved, he he probably looked the best out of anybody, I think. I, I love Grant. I love Grant's week. I loved Nikola Jokic talking to Grant on the sidelines. You saw him a couple of times. Um, just explaining to him where he was supposed to be, what's going on, because again, for him, it's different. Someone's passing him the ball at all. Like it's, it's just different. Um, but I, he's fitting in extremely well. He's his long distance shooting, his shot, his stroke looks really good. Like, yeah, uh, it's a little flat man, but like, it looks really good when he shoots it. I think it's going in. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's, he didn't shoot it particularly well uh, against the Suns, at least from from three point range. He was he was uh, had a lot of nice dunks. Yep. Um. Obviously, was was doing great work crashing the boards and, and being aggressive. Um. But he's he's definitely. I, I'm with you. Like you, when he shoots it, you th- just think it's going down because he's, um, the way he looked in preseason, he looked he was fine in game one. So, um, he's really really fit in well. I think in that I think we saw that in the preseason, but it's definitely carried over here in these first two games, uh, which is nice. The guy who played well in the preseason but did not get any minutes in game one or two is Michael Porter Jr. Coach said he is out of the rotation for right now. Uh, that can, of course, Coach was quick to say that can, of course, change at any time. Uh, are you surprised, Gordon, that, that Michael Porter Jr. gets uh, zero minutes? I am not surprised. I mean, not look, man, there wasn't any blowouts. Like, yeah. you know, the games were close. There's no time to get garbage minutes. And if there's no garbage minutes, then he's not playing. Right. Like, I know that he's a good player, but he's not playing if there's no garbage minutes. Like, that's just the way that it's going to be for the first month or two of the season, For my, in, in my opinion. Like, I haven't heard anything about that, but that's what I expect. Do, so, Torrey Craig uh, did not make a shot against Phoenix. Of course, though, has the huge block to win the game. That was last year. That was kind of the, the thing with Torrey to start the season. And it got to such a point where he, even though Will Barton was out and I think even Gary Harris was, um, got hurt. There was a, there was a point where you couldn't play Torrey Craig because he was just, he wasn't hitting shots and it was just bottling up your offense so much. Do you worry that that is going to happen again with him? And is that, I mean, how short of the leech is it with a guy like Craig when you know you've got Michael Porter Jr. on the bench? Yeah, you, man, when you're a trust guy and you have a role, his role is not to shoot. You want him to be able to shoot. You want him to make those shots count when he gets them. But he's only going to take six or eight a game. Right. Like, Yeah, it, exactly. He's not shooting 20 shots a night. No, he's, you know, he's not going to go five for 16 in the first half. You know, that's, that's not what he's going to do ever. So if he misses three shots and a half, you miss three shots and a half. So what? Right. Like, it would be great if he made one of those. Um, but I don't think that's his role. I don't think Malone thinks that's his role. Malone wants him to help keep bigger small forwards from bowling over um, uh, Barton. 
um, or from having any issues with really any switching that they're going to have to do. Yeah. Because you're going to want him yeah, in there next to Gary Harris. And so you need him to be next to Harris if you're going to run any kind of defensive lineup. You want him, Harris, and Grant. You know what I mean? And if you're going right. to run any switching. And I mean, the reason you've got Tory Craig is, is precisely uh, why why he was in there and, and, and won the game or sealed Correct. the game for them yeah. uh, against Phoenix. So you, he's there to make plays on defense. That's that's what the the point of him is. And anything you get on offense is kind of that extra um, that and extra he, bonus. And he's still scrappy, man. He still fights for right. boards. He's still on the ground rolling around for the ball. Like right. that's that he was doing it in that game. Those that's what Tory does. Um, right, and he I, shot it fine in game one too. So yes. it's not like you know we have one game he shot it well, one game he didn't. Right, which is one more game than you know uh, Jamal Murray or Gary Harris that shot the ball well. Right. Yeah. Or I mean, yeah. I mean, it, really, anybody. I can't. I don't know that. Uh, the only person know, well, who's shooting the ball well is Nikola Jokic. Okay, that's it. Yeah, I'd say out of the backcourt. Well, I mean, Malik Beasley's been all right. He's he's he didn't Malik's have such great so game. Yeah. I, I love watching that kid shoot the ball, man. Like, I just do. He's He's got such a great stroke. You just look at it. Um, and if if I had my kid trying to shoot the basketball, I'd be like, watch Malik Beasley go up for that shot. He doesn't have, right. you know, crazy body control. He gets he, – his elevation comes from his legs, and he gets his body straight all the time. It's none of this falling sideways crap that, you know – Showing off, uh, being able to fall away from five defenders or shooting over their hands. He just rises up and shoots. It's from three-point range. He gets his feet set, and he always has a clean stroke. I love it. I, yep. I really do. And and it makes it so that his shot is repeatable. He he doesn't lean forward. He doesn't lean back. He's not going sideways. Straight up and down, shoot the ball. He does what he's supposed right. to do. Right. And I think that to, to kind of bring it full circle, so you look at all these guys, like nobody's been perfect. Nope. Uh, whether it's Beasley, Barton. Craig, uh, Gary Harris, any of these guys, but none of them have been so bad that it's like, you know, they've all had their moments. They've all had, uh, I mean, maybe Gary Harris probably has probably not had the, uh, has had the least, uh, amount of highlight films, but even then, I mean, he hits that big three in overtime, uh, yep. against Phoenix. So like, you know, all these guys have played, haven't given you a reason to where you're like, okay, I got to play, I got to do something else. You're not, you you, know, the, the reason that you would play Michael Porter Jr. is if somebody gets hurt, or if your shooting is not coming around, it's been right. two games and you don't have your shooting where you want it yet, but, but nobody's giving you the indication that they can't shoot. Right. Um, right. And so, you shot it great. I mean, from three, at least in, in that Portland game. And Michael, Michael Porter Jr. is a scorer. Like his, his scoring touch is terrific. It just is. You watch him in the, in the preseason and it was just a tremendous preview of what's to come. But he doesn't know where to be on defense, and he doesn't know um, where to. He's never seen uh, other NBA guys on the court, you know, in an NBA setting. Uh, I don't expect them to rush him, and I keep saying that, and people keep not liking to hear it. But I don't expect them to rush him. I don't think there's a need. This team is so deep that even when you have three guys who are cold, you've got four of the guys who can carry you. You know, when the starters were all ice cold, the bench carried them in game one. When, you know, Nicole Jokic single-handedly dragged them around the court for three quarters in, you know, um, against the Suns when nobody could make a bucket except for Beasley. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, they all screwed it up at the end of the game. But 
these are the things that that happen. You pulled it back out. The Nuggets are two and zero, playing two fairly disastrous outcomes. Like, yeah, they did not play well. This is not oh we we squeaked by in these good games by these guys who came up to play at our level. This was we could have been zero and two really easily. Yeah. But we made it happen when we had to make it happen, and that's that's a good trade to have. Um, but I, I don't think that at this point you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna throw uh, uh, Michael Porter Jr. in there and just say, well, he he can carry us, or we should throw Wancho in there real quick and see if he's got a spark. Maybe if you're not shooting again in Game Three or Game Four, you just try to get five minutes of a shooting lineup off the bench. Right. Yeah, I think it's it's really it's just too early. It's it's been two games and, yeah. and you're two and oh. You are you so you you take it. Uh I think you know, you look at the, the, the Blazers game and um that that's really isolated to just Nicola getting getting three fouls in four minutes. That yeah, kind it's, of it's hard to judge that game at all because right. you lost your your offensive hub for an entire half and you still won the game. So right. you know, I mean your bench pulled serious weight in that game. Right, yeah, they. I mean, they. I, I think they were they even winning at halftime in that one. They, or if they weren't, no, they winning, were, I think they, they were was, down six. Were they down? Maybe. Six? They, yeah, I, I thought it was down. Yeah, they might have been down six. So they should have been down twenty. Um, so, so it was, it was outstanding. The no, actually, actually, when I uh, when I look at it, they were. Um, no, they were they were up six. That's uh, or up four actually at halftime. Uh, so wow. So yeah, yeah. When you think about it, your bench basically carrying you through that. Um, and, and and getting you up four at half, uh, that's that's without Nikola Jokic for all but four minutes of that. That's that's really an impressive, in a lot of ways, an impressive win. The Phoenix game, though, I mean, does that concern you? Because that Phoenix is is you know, I mean, they might, I think they might surprise people a bit this year and end up you know getting closer to to the thirty mid thirties and wins. Uh, as opposed to some people, you know, probably have them around like 20 wins or so, but like, I, they're not a good team. We can, and, and they were without Deandre Ayton. It looks like he's gonna be out for a while. Uh, you, you expect them, you expect the Nuggets in their home opener against that team coming off the news that they had just got about their, about their young star player. Like you would, you would think the Nuggets would just come out and, and mop the floor with them. And they, and they didn't, I mean, granted, like they, they, uh, they pretty much had it wrapped up in regulation before Malik Beasley tried to go all nug life on us. Um, they they still get it done in overtime, win by one point. But but are you concerned that it wasn't like, you know, I mean, everybody expected that game to be a blowout. Everybody was talking about Michael Porter Jr. is going to get minutes because he's going to get garbage time against uh, against the Suns team. And then you end up having to go to, to overtime uh, and, and down to the very last possession. Uh, is that something, Gordon, you look at and be like, well, this is, this is something Nuggets could be concerned about uh, early on? Nah, the, the Nuggets have always played down to their competition. Right, but isn't that kind of the problem though? Like, I mean, uh, when are we going to get to the point where this team, where it's like, okay, they're gonna they're gonna take? I mean, we we talk about them being a title contender. Title contenders take care of business uh, against the teams they're supposed to. Michael Jordan's it, Bulls lost to the seventeen win Nuggets. Like <laughs> that is very true. I mean, that was Mahmoud though. Yeah, right. I'm just saying. Like, uh, honestly. Yes, it's your home opener, but of course you have butterflies for your home opener. Yes, it's a team you should beat, but then you feel like you should beat them. So then when your shots don't start falling, you start getting weird about the way that you're playing. It's yeah. fine. It's it's the first week of the season. Everybody's rusty. Like you're not yeah, in rhythm. Golden State. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, you're not in rhythm. That's, that's just how it goes. So you get weird results in the first couple weeks of the season because people aren't ready. Last year, the Nuggets lost four in a row in the first, like, you know, in their first real trip. That was, what, Milwaukee and all those guys. They uh, The Nuggets started losing, and people were freaking out. And then, of course, right. they figured it out. They righted the ship, and they went on to win 54 games. I'm not right. worried about poor performances in October. Like, it, it, you're working out how to play with each other again after a long summer. You're incorporating, you know, new concepts from your coach. All these mm-hmm. things take time. I don't care. I'm glad that we got the win. Like, the Nuggets the Nuggets winning the first two games is way better than them losing them. They looked like crap for about six of those eight quarters. But that's fine. Like, yeah. now you go ahead, you take a breath, because you got a busy week of basketball ahead of you. You better take care of business. Right, yeah, it's, I mean, October especially, and even a little bit November, it's all about just banking wins and not banking yeah. losses. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, you take them any way you can get them as, as you, everybody's getting into the flow of things. But really, you know, by Thanksgiving, as long as you're hitting, you're you're firing on all cylinders then, then you just try to, you know, you try and, like I said, bank as many wins as you can early right. on in the season. All so, these wins are, all these wins count. They count yep. just as much as the pretty ones. If you got to yep. win ugly because your offense doesn't remember how to play together, and you haven't got your defensive concepts down yet, good. Just win ugly. That's fine. And the Nuggets yeah, are talented enough to win ugly. You gotta and you gotta win. That's that's honestly a pretty impressive one. Um beating Portland on their yeah, court. Portland at home? Uh, Come in on. Their opener. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so you you you'll you'll take it and, and I think, you know, two and um two and is two and so so you just kind of move on all right tell you what let's go ahead let's uh let's hit the break here and then when we come back we will shift gears we will start looking forward to like we said big big week uh four games on the docket starting with the one tonight uh against the sacramento Kings. so we will make sure to preview all of that uh right on the other side of this break all been there when the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest that's when disaster strikes the last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business maybe your light suddenly won't turn on or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling heck maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new ac unit whatever your need may be give sun electrical a call They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate, and he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. 
And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Into the Pickaxe Podcast, Zach Mikosh, Gordon Gross. We are with DenverStiffs.com. We spent that first half of the show looking back at the first two wins of the season. Nuggets 2-0. Now they turn the page and, like you said, Gordon, head to a busy week of basketball. They have four games. It starts tonight in Sacramento. Um, the Kings have been bad. I mean, there's no other way to put it. They, they really just have not played well. Uh, to start the season, which is a bit surprising for a team that a lot of people thought is is going to kind of uh, get over that playoff hump. You know, the the, the sort of thing that uh, maybe the Kings are somewhat the team that that people looked at like uh, that they looked like the Nuggets last year, right? When the when the season opened, everybody kind of expected, okay, the Nuggets will be the team to get over that hump um, and get into the playoffs. They not only got over the hump, they they kind of blew the doors off the whole playoff picture, but uh, the Kings have, I think, I mean, I don't know. Have they won a game yet? I think they're 0-3, right? To, the, to Kings start, go, yeah, 0-3. The, the, Kings, the Kings are 0-3, man. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, they, they looked, I guess they looked okay against the Blazers. They played the they played the Suns uh, and the Blazers as their first two games, just like the They Nuggets played the did. Jazz, too, man. They lost to all of them. Yeah, and then, they, and then they played the Jazz, what, yesterday, I think it was, yeah. uh, Saturday. Uh, so a, a, a not particularly close in the Jazz game or the Suns game. They they were a little bit closer uh, against the Blazers. That was the one that was on their home court though, uh, and, and could not could not basically stop Damian Lillard down the stretch. Do you? I mean, how how can what's your concern level right now with with this Kings game? Because uh, you know the Nuggets not. Typically not. Uh, there's just something about the Kings, whether it's Michael, the whole Michael Malone connection, even before that, especially in Sacramento. I mean, Arco Arena back when back when they played there was um, kind of a, a house of horrors. It for was, Denver. Yeah, it was so, a graveyard I mean, for Nuggets hopes, man. So, are you concerned with this game tonight, Gordon, or or do you look at this as a uh, 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 kind of take care of business win for the Nuggets? Well, based on how the Nuggets have looked in the first two games, yeah, I'm concerned. Like. It's going to be closer than I think it should be. I'm sure. Right, right. Um, and the Kings are going to be hungry. I mean, that, that's the thing. I think desperate. like they they're yeah. going to get yeah, desperate to get a win on their home court. They're not going to want to lose. Well, and that's why the Nuggets need to drop a hammer early. Really, yeah. like the Nuggets need to come out, set the tone, and then let their bench grind people up. Um, going between the first and second quarters, like you want a 10, 12 point gap going into when the starters get back on the court, and Theoretically, you should have it, but the Kings, the Kings have talent there. I mean, there's a reason people thought they were going to be, um, you know, playoff contenders. I'm still not sure they're not playoff contenders. They just certainly yeah, are not right. It's only three like games. It. Yeah, they're 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 when you talk about teams struggling, you know, and you want to bank wins like the Kings just aren't doing that right now. They've they're kind of struggling to open. Of course, Marvin Marvin Bagley now is hurt. That's yeah, gonna, he broke his thumb, um, so he's out a while. Right. That's gonna that's gonna kind of play into that. Obviously, Bagley. Um, wasn't wasn't a dominant force for them last year, but he was, you know, he's a high pick. Um, 
coming into his second year of the season, you you expect him to make improvement. He wasn't he wasn't abysmal by any means last year either. I mean, he he looked you know there's a lot of reason to have hope that he's going to be a very good player for your team now. Now he's out that that that's going to hurt him. They should be able to overcome it. Um, and I mean the thing that I, I I'm a big De'Aaron Fox believer. I think that guy is agreed uh, an absolute star in the making. So. And the Nuggets don't particularly have great defense at the point guard position. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see if they are, if they're capable of uh, keeping him in check and keeping him out of the lane. Because they also, not only do they not have great perimeter defense at the point guard position, they also, of course, don't really have great um, rim protection. So it should, it, you look at that and you think, okay, this is a game that sets up uh, nicely for De'Aaron Fox to, to have a big night. And if they can contain him, then I think they probably get this one. Yeah, uh, well, and easily. De'Aaron Fox, um, he, he looked a little injured in their last game. I'm not sure if he's suffering from a <clears throat> from an injury right. or not, but he looked a little slowed. And I'm I'm curious to see um, how much explosion he has. Um, and I would expect the Nuggets to do one of those switches where you might put Gary Harris on Fox. Um, I know Jamal Murray likes to step up to the challenge, but Fox is notably faster than him. Right. Notably faster. Uh, so I'm curious to see what kind of perimeter defense they, uh, they deploy the nuggets do, but really like you're looking at a team that um, can basically shoot from three. They've got, you know, buddy healed and um, the other Bogdanovich. Right. Um, and that's how they're set up right now. Like they aren't necessarily set up to um, to dominate you inside. They're necessarily set up no, to, especially with without Bagley. Without I mean, Bagley, like you're, you're losing a lot of their a lot of the athleticism inside. Right. Yeah. And, and they're going to play. Uh, I mean, they're going to play. You know, Bielitsa a lot. Um, right. But I would expect at, the Nuggets the to four. dominate the boards, man. Like this is one of those yeah, games. Yeah, they should absolutely. Where should. Nikola Jokic should have like 15 plus rebounds. Yeah. Like who's going to stop him from getting rebounds? Like that's and that's where you um that's where you make your money is you give them their one shot and then you go back up the court at them. Uh, right. And and I mean they don't on the offense side too. Like they there's not a lot for, to like about the Kings in this matchup in terms of the front courts cuz you're going to have not only have you're going to have Dwayne Dead, Deadmond or right. you know um it, you know, Devin, whoever yeah. else they want to bring in. It, it, I mean I'm trying to think who else they play outside of Deadmond when he's off the end. It's probably Bielitsa, right? It's probably who they're playing more now at center uh, than everyone because they don't to, have Bagley. Bagley, Bagley yeah. was the guy. Yeah, that was the guy they were shifting into that 5 right. spot. So that's that's really that's a tall ask um, for those guys against Jokic, and then also those guys. I mean, they're not really equipped to handle a Paul Millsap in the post either. Like he's or, you, whether it's Harrison Barnes or yeah, yeah or, or Jeremy Grant. Yeah, exactly. Like oh, it's gave me wonder if like do, do you if you're the Kings, do you give like a Caleb Swanigan a look here? And, and I think you have to. Um, yeah, honestly, I, like you have to find somebody who can fight on the boards and who can provide some resistance because otherwise the Nuggets front court is going to walk all over you, like. Right. Uh, th- and it makes it easy if your guards can't shoot, which are, you know, the Denver guards are having trouble with that right now. If your guards can't shoot, then, you know, well, in the, in two range anyway, then you, you go yeah. at the rim. You know, they yeah. don't really have a rim protector. Um, you have Jokic who can clean up the glass. Uh, if you're going to double Jokic, it's going to free other guys up for cutting in the back, uh, you know, for back cuts and, yeah. you know, good, you know, pick and rolls with Murray. Like, 
I, I don't expect the Kings to be a problem game, but the Nuggets like to have problem games against the Kings. So <laughs> that makes it so tough. We, we will see. We will see. Uh, the Nuggets, they, they followed up um, on the back-to-back and, and head back to Denver, so they will have their own version of uh, playing playing the Pacific time zone, then coming to Denver on a back-to-back. We'll see how they handle that. Meanwhile, I believe, I don't think the Mavericks um, will be their opponent that night. I don't think the yes, Mavericks the are playing the day before. Yeah, yeah but are, they playing, is, are the Mavericks playing the night before? Uh, no, the Mavericks are off. The Mavericks they play tonight. Yeah, they, they're not, yeah, both so. teams aren't on a Sega Baba. It's just... Uh... So uh, Dallas most likely will already have been in town the day before. I would assume Dallas comes to town today on Monday um, and then um, just stays the night here, plays plays against the Nuggets on Tuesday. Uh, Luka Doncic has been – I mean, he's been – he's always been an outstanding on basketball player. He's, been, he's playing great right now. Yeah, right? yeah he had the, uh, had the triple-double uh, against New Orleans on Friday – uh, like I said, they lose they lose this game against the uh, the Blazers here on Sunday. But Doncic once again um, has another outstanding game. As long as with Kristaps Porzingis got a big big night scoring. Yep. Do I mean how how like how real are the Mavericks when you look at that? How real is that duo? I think a lot of people wanted to see that Porzingis is healthy. He's probably not going to be as athletic as he was in the past, but the guy is still. Uh, certainly a factor. How I mean, how real are the Mavericks? Is this a like a, a playoff contender in your eyes? Yes. Yeah. I. I mean, Luka Doncic is such a good player. He's such a good player. Right. Um. And you've got scoring, you know, from your front court in Porzingis. Right. Um. I'm not sure how well the rest of their lineup is going to go. They're a very top-heavy lineup. You get past. You know those um, two guys. <laughs> well, you, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, you get you get to like. I mean, I like I like Jalen Brunson. I think he's. I like Jalen Brunson. Uh, Wright a good fine. player. Yeah. Like you know, but after that, you're into the like Seth Curry, Dorian Finney-Smith right. layer. Tim of... Hardaway Jr. Like it depends. Like some guys will. Some people. I really. I think those are polarizing guys, right? Like some people will be like, oh yeah, these guys are really good, but uh, there it's certainly not a. Uh, a, uh, just known fact, right? Like it's those not guys a lineup where if Doncic um, missed a half, like uh, like Jokic just did, right? I would not expect Dallas to pull that game out, right? Yeah, it's. I mean, um, you know, I mean, again, and I like the one right. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying they're not set up to handle losing their major playmaker, but mm-hmm. they're set up in such a way that their major playmaker is another big you know, six, nine guy um, who's not playing point guard. So it creates problems for other teams. As more of these guys show up in the league, I think it's actually going to be easier for guys to handle it because they're going to be used to playing uh, distributor off of that. I mean, LeBron James has been that forever. Right. Yeah. Um, But, and he was never really adjusted to stopping him, (laughs) but he happens to be the most talented player in the world. Right. Um, Yeah, exactly. But Luka Doncic is no slouch. Um, and I really think that the Dallas Mavericks will push for a playoff spot. I do. Like, if you're asking me whether I like them or the the Kings more, I, I like Dallas more. I've I always have. Um, but they yeah, have to stay mean, because they have yeah, no depth. exactly. They they yeah, just don't have. They're 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 sort of like uh, I mean they're like like the the Lakers light right. They got they got these two guys, uh, these two big stars who are make them a formidable matchup. Uh, on their own, but if either one of those guys goes out, it's kind of like ugh, it gets it gets pretty rough. Well, and this, uh, this after is a team that. that's set up because you can't really run Kristaps for like thirty five minutes a game right now. Yeah, so that's what they're doing. 
not, not real, not yet. Like it, he's still only like what, like thirty or so minutes a so game. He played. He played thirty-four. Yeah. Uh, against Portland. But I don't expect them to do him to him to do that a lot. Um, right. Yeah, and and you're not going to want to play him. He's a guy who's not going to play on back to backs, things like right. that. Yeah, yeah. So so you're in a situation where this is what the Nuggets built their team to do. Their team is set up so that if you have a star-studded but thin team, then their starters will play you even, and their bench will take you up behind the woodshed. Right. Like it's it's very much the Raptors of of last year, where we just have waves of guys. You know, uh, I'm willing to to see what you've got, but I'm telling you. Uh, if your starters can match our starters, your bench can't match our bench. Yeah, and that's that. That's uh, it's kind of like the the Nuggets' sort of secret weapon, I think. And, and it was last season too, in a lot of ways, yep. honestly. But um, now, this year, out, yeah, now, now you have that, Jeremy Grant. So a lot. And yeah, and, yeah. And you have you added Jeremy Grant to a t- to a unit that didn't have a strong four. Right. You know, and now right. you've that got Monte Morris, with Jeremy Trey Grant. Lyle. You can defend you at some Malik point Beasley, during the season. Yeah. You're still going to have. Um, uh, Michael Porter Jr. coming off to to right. throw down long shots and and take rebounds as a six ten you know shooter. Right. It's yeah. they're stacked. They're just stacked. Um, I'm gonna see this circling back to the Mavericks yeah. here. Luka Doncic. Yeah. That guy. I mean, I know you you and me have both uh, have been very high on. Have always been. Even, yeah. You even and I wanted to trade every pick on Earth for Luka yeah. Doncic. <laughs> I was exactly. so, I, when the Mavericks did it. I was like, yep, that's the move I would have done. I think we were the, the the two loudest people I know about, like calling everyone crazy when they they doubted the fact that like this anybody who's trying to play uh, doesn't know what happens to teens in Eurobasket. Right. I still don't understand how how he didn't go number one. Like to me, like I mean, Aiton's fine, Bagley's fine, but it was it's like okay, there, there's a clear generational talent. Like it's like this guy is like you know just head and shoulders above. It's it's because everyone. people don't believe in that that passing is the future. Right. Like and I don't. Well, know and why I think they, they don't believe in that European go, coming up through the European uh, league is like as a viable uh, developmental path. Right, but you've but you've seen it now. Like you right. see all these guys in the league. Back in the day, Euroball was too soft. You know that was the view of guys who came to Eurobasket. Despite the fact that those guys get in full on fist fights and people shoot fireworks at them on the court, people were like, <laughs> ah, big softies. Right. You know, um, and now you see a bunch of guys coming through the Euro League who. Um, from any number of countries, they all have raised their game. They all, they all compete internationally from a very young age. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they're set up for it. They're playing pro ball with grown men at like age 16. Exactly. I don't want to get on the, like AAU is horrible thing, but that's that part that's different is that over there, you're 16 and grown ass 26 year old men are throwing elbows at you in a game. Right. (laughs) You better figure that out. And in the, right. in the states, we don't we don't really do that, and so people run into two different levels of competition. And um, Doncic, out he, as an eighteen year old, played better than every single other guy in the league. That is correct. Like, you know, and and won every award they had, and that's I guess that's what's still so crazy. The, to the me. Mavericks, the Mavericks might have a thin team right now, but they should be absolutely stoked that they're set up for the next ten years. Right. With the team, the, with the 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 stars that they currently have, right? That they fairly seamlessly transitioned from uh, one superstar in Dirk Nowitzki, yep. now, now now to Luka Doncic as their new superstar. Who's going to end up having a better career, Luka Doncic or Nikola Jokic? Jokic, but that's I honestly, it's tough, right? Like, I mean, because 
I mean, to me, they're both the same type level of talent. Like, I think Doncic is a little bit younger. It's going to take him, you know, he's not quite there. He look, I mean, he looks better than Jokic did uh, when Jokic was in his second year in the, the NBA. Thing, the just, thing that impresses me with, with Doncic is that he is such a determined rebounder. Right. Like, the one thing that you would expect, like, the, the thing that I don't like about um, Chris Dapps is that he can get pushed out of rebounding range by, like, a solid guard. Right. You know, he doesn't really use his length as I would expect from a guy who's that big. He should eat on the glass, and he doesn't, A, because he shoots from outside, but also because he doesn't like to crash the glass. That's not what he does. Doncic doesn't care who's in his way. He goes for the ball, and it's one of my favorite things to watch about him is how aggressive he is. Um, Getting to balls, getting second chances, grabbing balls to pass them back out to restart the offense. Doncic is I, – I adore the way that he plays. I always have. Um, I was I was trying to trade everything short of Nikola Jokic to, you know. Um, yeah, exactly. To, right. to go get him. Like that would have been my goal if he was on the market. I'm like, I'll give you anything you want that isn't Nikola Jokic. Give me Doncic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah I, I, I'm I, with I, you I agree with you. Like I think they're both going to be incredible multi-time all-star, multi-time all-NBA, you know, level players. Like that's just who right. they are. Yeah, it would not shock me to see both those guys end up with with championship rings. Yep, um, and and it would not shock me. It would be cool to see like those you know those guys. We we you would think. I mean, it'll be cool. It also will kind of suck because Doncic is really good. But like you would you would anticipate that Jokic and Doncic will run into each other uh, in the playoffs. Yep. Uh, yeah, this is this is going to be one of those careers. fun matchups. Really, like right. for a while, for as long as they're both interested in playing, because they're both going to get paid like crazy. Like yeah. Jokic already has been and will be again. You know, yep. for as long as they want to play, though, as long as they want to compete, they will be competing against each other because they're too good not to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're 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 both the types of players who you you as we we've said you you build a franchise around that guy. Well, and if the, you've got that guy, you've got a good chance of building a good franchise. Even even if you screw up building the franchise around that guy for a few years and your stuff doesn't pan out, he's too good for you to be right. a high lottery Still team. Carries you into to like, competition. He's going to make it to the to the playoffs. Like, yeah. y- you know, the, yes, Jokic has a deep team, but he doesn't need one to get to the playoffs. No, and and part, one of the reasons the team is so deep around Jokic is because of Jokic, right? Because yep. he he can maximize everyone's talents. Uh, and Doncic is really the same way. Agreed. on his team. All right, we gotta we gotta keep moving here. So let's get to we'll get to the last uh, kind of these last two games, and then we'll do some predictions on the record. But uh, Nuggets will have a quick. Um, sort of weird, I guess, two-game road trip right after this one-game homestand uh, against Dallas. They will be at New Orleans. I hate these early season schedules, man. They're really really funky. Um, But so they go, they're at New Orleans, and then they are, uh, follow that with up, end end out the week at Orlando. New Orleans, 0-3, though they have been right there in every game. They've played some good teams, the Mavericks, like we said, uh, also the Raptors and the Rockets, both those two games on the road. Uh, whereas Orlando one and one, they've not played good teams. They played, uh, <laughs> they beat they beat the Cavaliers and then they lost to the Hawks. They will play the Raptors tonight. Uh, which one, Gordon? Which one has you more concerned out of those two road games? The Nuggets always suck in Florida, but it's it's very true. The Disneyland it, uh, effect. It, I don't know, man. Like it's they're always terrible in when they're playing Orlando, when they're playing Miami. Miami's understandable. It's not like the nightlife in Orlando is anything to talk about. So saying, like, maybe they're going to Disney World. Maybe they're in there. You know, they're right? out the magical. They got they got to ride roller coasters all day, and then they can't focus. I don't know. I could see Jokic doing that. <laughs> I I absolutely can't <laughs> Jokic doing that. 
Um, but really, uh, of for the teams that they're playing, New Orleans is the better team. You should be more yeah, concerned about New Orleans. And New Orleans, we were talking about how hungry the Kings are for a victory. The Pelicans are just as hungry yeah. um, and a, a talented team, more talented than Orlando. Um, right. I can see that being a very problematic game. Do you do you, do you take like a? Are you a little less concerned with New Orleans just because they don't have Zion? Eh, Zion's young, man. Like it's there are times you can take advantage of rookies, even talented right. ones, because they don't yeah. yet know what not to do. And with him being out there, you have fewer rookie mistakes. I think that the concern you always have when you face a guy like that it reminds me of when the Nuggets played the Cavs when they were awful um, before in the that brief period when they had Kyrie Irving. I think it was probably the only the one year, only Kyrie's rookie season when they had they had him, but not LeBron. LeBron was still right. in Miami, and the Nuggets end up losing that game uh, against Cleveland. I think in their on their home court because because when you have an otherworldly talent like that, like like you said, they're a rookie. They're going to take some time. They're going to make some mistakes. You can kind of game plan around them a lot, yep. but they will every now and then have that one game where it's just like <laughs> yeah, they will. Yeah, that's why he went number one overall. Yep, that's that know. dude. And to so, be fair, like, you know, the Nuggets will be playing Paul Millsap on him. Um, yeah. Paul is not the same um, weight class as Zion. Um, but right. they're, they're excused from having to do that now. Now they get to, like, uh, go ahead and try and take out basically uh, Derek Favors and all of the guards. Right, yeah, they're just playing. They're playing basically. Well, Derek Favors and Brandon Ingram. And then yeah, well, and Ingram's been, Ingram's been uh, and daylights out this year. Like, yeah, well, he kind of has to. I mean, you know, it's, well, he does have to. They, they have, like, well, I guess they have JJ Redick, but I was like, they, there's not a ton of shooting. Yeah, um, I on that Drew lineup. Consumer. Don't don't let Drew Holiday like you know fool you. Yeah. Um, the, he did not. Uh, he didn't play in their last game against Houston, though. I don't yeah, I don't know if he was injured or what. Yeah. But yeah, like you know, they, if they all play, you know, you've got two guys who can handle the ball in in Lonzo and and Drew. You know, right. you've got Brandon Ingram who. Um, everybody believes in his talent. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm not everybody. Well, he's he's always been a guy who could shoot, right? That that was yeah. his skill, and it is always wondering, okay, is he going to put more around that? And then, of course, he's had some some kind of health scares, you know, with the blood clotting and whatnot. Yep. So, like, you, you're kind of, you, I guess, everybody's kind of waiting to see is he actually ever going to live up to that talent that goes with that shooting? Right. But I mean, so far this year, he's been. I mean, he's been shooting. No, he's, he's, been good. he's yeah, he's basically averaging a double double. He's been their best player. I yeah, mean, yeah, and he's he's even throwing sure. in assists, man. Which yeah. it's it, it's not just a black hole when you give him the ball. He wants to right. do something with it. So, I'm I'm really curious to see how that goes for them. Um, having a third guy who's willing to pass and can score. Um, right. It, it's a very but it's the sort of lineup that Denver should be. You know what I mean? Like yeah, just absolutely. you just could put Jeremy Grant on Brandon Ingram and say, "Go ahead, good luck to you." Right. Yep. And and just and, and the rest of the time, you know, you just deal with what you deal with. I mean, even even if you put Paul Millsap uh, on Brandon Ingram, that's gonna make it. Um, it's gonna make it tough for him. I, I see. I tend to somewhat think the Nuggets might have more trouble uh, with Orlando because Orlando is big. Right. They're gonna. They're gonna. They're rolling basically. You know, Aaron Gordon at yeah, uh, small forward big. nowadays. Yep. So that's. That's kind of the, and, and that's where I wonder whether or not the Nuggets uh, struggle there because they, you know, if you put if you put Aaron Gordon on Will Barton, uh, that's that's a that's a win for Orlando, especially on offense. They're gonna well, they're have a hard time containing I'm, him. I'm curious to see if um, if the way that they deploy Jeremy Grant is willing to be changed situationally. Right, that's a definitely a game where you should probably 
bring Will Barton off the bench and put Jeremy yes. Grant out there. That's what as, I would, as your small forward. I would I would put Jeremy Grant out there at small forward. You have a huge lineup, but you have to. Right. Um, and then it gives you all the scoring power off the bench. Right. You yeah. Know? Exactly. Like, and, and you you can go big with with Mason Plumlee if you need to give Paul Millsap some rest. You know, but Jeremy Grant could play 30, 35 minutes. That's not a big deal for him. He yeah. played thirty five minutes a game last year. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're only, they're not, they're not playing, uh, Jonathan Isaac, you know, uh, a ton of minutes. They're, they're, they're rotating him out and then either, you know, bringing in Fultz and, and going small or they're, they're, they're switching Isaac for Amino right. and, and playing Gordon, you know, more the running Amino at center. I mean, Mo Bomb is not getting a ton of minutes either. So, um, there's, there's a lot of, uh, fluidity there that means you, you don't necessarily have to be stuck to, uh, that you know that lineup with Jeremy Grant at small forward, you just kind of move him. I think with with Aaron Gordon and let him kind of just kind of shadow him the whole night. That might be your uh, that might be your best bet. I man, I I, I think Orlando's gonna gonna surprise a lot of people. I mean, obviously they won their division last year. It wasn't not not a very great division to to talk about, but that's a team that like I like their depth. Like I mean, you know, you I guess it depends on whether or not Markel Fultz is. Um, if be for is real, shot, but they're not. But they're not yeah. asking a ton of him, you know. Yet, but I think to, I think to make any noise, they'll have to. Yeah. Like I just. Yeah. Think, how long like, can you roll with DJ Augustine as your, as yeah. your starting point guard? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Is is that I don't. They're set up that if Fultz is legit as a number one type of guy, then you're okay. Like you can make right. that happen. Um, you can make it so that uh, you wind up with. Uh, a team that is big, that can rebound, and then you have some shooters. But I worry about them if they don't um, – if it's not him, you're looking at like Terrence Ross who's not, not a shooter. You know, <laughs> Michael Carter-Williams is not a shooter. Um, yeah. And you've got DJ Augustine, and you're relying on DJ Augustine to carry some sort of like point guard, shooting guard role. So right. you, you need Markel Fultz to show up. You know, I, I mean, I know you have Fournier, but, you know, Fournier, again, didn't – doesn't always – he's inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we we, we, we know what, what Fournier is. I mean, he's a guy who's – he's a solid – he's a solid two-guard. I mean, that's just kind of what it is. He's he's never going to be a all-star type uh, shoot the lights out every single get you 20 points a game kind of guy. But, uh, you know, he's also – um, a guy who could get you 30 in one night, you know, it's yes. just, it just kind of depends on, on, on how that game flows. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, I, 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 Terrence Ross is, I mean, he's, he's an interesting guy off the bench. He, he thinks he's a shooter. Yes, um, he does. He, he shoots it a lot, but yeah, you're right. I mean, he's never been, he's never like he's hit 40% from three. He's came close a couple of years, but yeah, so he's, he's all right. Those guys, those are the type of guys who can, who can win you games and lose you games. Um, as well, I just I don't think they have uh, an engine without without full yeah that's becoming, a good way to put it that's becoming what he it. should be. I don't think they have an engine. They have good pieces, and they've right. they've got interesting size matchups with people, um, especially when you've got Mombamba, Jonathan Isaac out there. You know, mm-hmm. they but they haven't figured out how to deploy those guys yet because they're so young and they're still very raw. Yeah. So you know, you you've got Vucevic, uh, who's I I adore him. Right, he's yeah I, one of the more underrated guys in the league. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and you've got Aaron Gordon who keeps being put in the wrong position for Aaron Gordon. 
Well, they played him small forward now, so yeah, and they need to keep doing that's that. Probably, I was like, yeah, that's that's pretty much where he belongs. They, but they do it for like five or six games, and then they're like, nah, move him back to power right. forward, and then it doesn't work for him because he needs right. to play small forward. I just think of the, the the magic are kind of funny because it's like all of Ryan's uh, Ryan Blackburn's. I know, uh, yeah, all his, of Ryan Blackburn's. His, his booze, guy. Yeah. right? Like he loves Aaron Gordon, he loves Jonathan Isaac, he loves Mo Bamba. <laughs> that's. Uh, we know who he would pick as the uh, the team he's more concerned about this week. All right, uh, let's wrap up the show here, Gordon. Four games this week. Give me your prediction. What is the Nuggets' record uh, over the next seven days? Three and one. Three and one. Who's the one against? Um, I'm still gonna go New Orleans. New Orleans. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I I'm gonna I, go I two gonna and two. Trouble. I think that the defense. I think defense is gonna cause them some issues against New Orleans. Yeah, I know. I mean, I um, Derek Favors, another guy who always kills the Nuggets. Derek Favors like, always shows up four times, three to four times a year against the Nuggets. Yeah, at least now it can only be twice, really. So that's fun. right. Exactly, two to three. Yeah, now with New Orleans. Um, yeah, I think they go two and two. I think they uh, they're probably going to lose one of the two either tonight or, or tomorrow against Dallas. Dallas, Dallas, uh, because yeah. of the talent. Sacramento, because Sacramento, like we said, is desperate for a win. They're on their home court. The Nuggets typically struggle with the Kings in general. And then on that that back uh, that back end, yeah, I think, again, they're probably one and one uh, there. I don't know which one, though. Like I said, I, it could be either. It could be Orlando. I could see them losing that game. I could see them losing to New Orleans. So I could see them beating them both, too, as well. So they, they, they might go three and one. If I was to say three and one, though, I think it's they lose one of these. I feel more confident about them losing one of these front two here tonight or tomorrow uh, than on the back end there. All right. Uh, I guess that that will do it for us. He is at G Money Nugs. I am at Zach Mikosh on Twitter. Uh, at Denver Stiffs. At Pickaxe Podcast. It's all very straightforward. Gordon's the only one who's got to come up with a, a fancy name here. The rest of us are all too boring. But yeah, you guys, you guys just are all business, business. That's right. That's right. Nothing but business here at Denver Stiffs. Uh, over on Instagram at the Denver Stiffs. Really, really liking the work we're we're get, got going there. Uh, Jenna Garcia is doing a great job with all the social media, along with Jeremy Poli. Make sure you're checking out the YouTube channel. Subscribe there, and do subscribe to the Denver Stiffs Podcast Network wherever you are getting your podcast. Not only will you hear us every Monday, uh, Tuesdays though you get Ryan Blackburn on Nuggets numbers. Wednesdays the Dig with Jeremy Poli and Nick Herzog, and then on usually either Fridays or Saturdays, just kind of depending on how the schedule goes. This week, I'm guessing we'll do it on Friday, maybe. Um, or probably actually Saturday. But uh, then you get the Denver Stiff Show, which is just a uh, kind of roundtable amongst all of uh, a bunch of different Denver Nuggets or Denver Stiffs writers. So make sure you guys are checking that out. Also, a new episode of Breaking Basketball, the Digs kind of mini-series, kind of doing a, a mockumentary, I guess, of the uh, nugget season this this week that is up as well i think today maybe so make sure you are checking it out you will know when it's up if you're subscribed to the podcast channel so that's the best way uh to do it so make sure you, you guys are doing that leave us a rating and a review if you would as well we appreciate it all right mr gordon gross another week in the books thank you very kindly sir no it's a good time and um hopefully my projection is better than yours there you go. All right. We're all we're all on the Gordon bandwagon this week. Okay, everybody, we will talk to you next week.